This is Andrew Schultz. I'm the sales manager for CHS Ag Services. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Friday, December 23rd. Good morning and Merry Christmas. As we look to livestock markets, I'm Don Wick here on the Red River Farm Network. Commodity markets really saw uh, declines uh, across the board yesterday. Crude oil, diesel, soybeans, wheat. Livestock futures were the exception. It was really a a pretty big day, actually, in in, uh, the livestock complex. February live cattle, 40 lower at 157.30, but then we've gained 15 for April at 161.32. Over in the feeder cattle complex, a 15-cent gain for January, 183.97. March, 72 higher, 186.45. For the hogs, February 65 higher, 89.05. April closing uh, in at 75 cents higher, 96.02. Just saw a handful of, of cattle really moving yesterday in Nebraska on a dress basis in at 249. That would be a buck higher than where we were with last week's weighted average basis. There were some sales in the south live cattle trading at 155, fully steady. With last week's business, more trade is expected to develop today. Asking prices remain firm at 156 to 157 live and 249 plus on the dress basis. Box beef cutout values, choice carcasses, 265.21, a 35 cent gain. Selects 241.81, 552 higher. The spread between the choice and the select cuts is narrowed to $23.40. In the feeder cattle auctions, Stockman's Livestock at Dickinson, 3,200 head in uh, their sale for this week. Compared to two weeks ago, feeder steers under 600 pounds, steady to five lower, instances 10 lower, over 600 pounds, two to five higher. They had calves at 626 for an average weight, bringing 190 to 208. The next feeder cattle sale will be January 5th for Stockman's at Dickinson. Iowa Southern Minnesota hog uh, prices unavailable due to confidentiality reasons. The pork cutout gained $6.31 yesterday. We saw more than a $17 bump to the plus side in the bacon primal. Hams five bucks higher. The rib primal up by seven. Picnics up almost $10. The uh, hog slaughter yesterday only 259,000 head because of the weather. That compares to 475,000 one week ago. The dairy markets, cheese, barrels up six cents, blocks four and a half higher. Class three milk futures getting some support for that cheese trade. January milk 52 higher at 1925 per hundred weight. And the Rock Valley hay auction, a steady market but a light test. Alfalfa 185 to 245 a ton. Grass hay, large rounds, topping at 235. This is the Red River Farm Network. When it comes to protecting your field from disease and environmental stress, there's Revitech fungicide. <laughs> and there's everything else. When it comes to unparalleled power, there's Revitech. <laughs> and everything else. And when it comes to speed and stamina, this is Revitech. And this is everything else. Nothing else comes close to Revitech fungicide from BASF. Always read and follow label directions. This is Corn Matters, an update from the Minnesota Corn Growers Association. Minnesota Corn Growers Association President Richard Severson is our guest. Richard, Men Ag Expo is coming up. Men Ag Expo is January 18th and 19th at the Mayo Clinic Health System Event Center in Mankato. The registration deadline is January 6th. 
This annual trade show is hosted by the Minnesota Corn Growers and the Minnesota Soybean Growers. MN Ag Expo is free, but we ask you to log on to mnagexpo.com by January 6th and register so we can plan for everybody who's going to be there. We will have learning sessions focused on carbon credits, nitrogen, state regulations, and the 2023 Farm Bill. MN Ag Expo also includes Minnesota Corn Growers Resolution Session at 9 a.m. on January 18th, followed immediately by our annual meeting. Come and learn what researchers are discovering about new uses for corn. Get all your details for MN Ag Expo at mnagexpo.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the show. Overlook Farms. Hello, sir. Do you have a minute to chat about the beef jerky of the month? A minute? I've got hours. What? Because Ingenia herbicide from BASF has the lowest use rate, I covered more soybean acres more efficiently. If now's not a good time... Thanks to Ingenia herbicide, I've got plenty of time. What flavors you got? Oh, we've got barbecue, jalapeno... Ingenia herbicide is a U.S. EPA-restricted-use pesticide. Every application of Ingenia herbicide requires the use of a pH-buffering adjuvant. Additional state restrictions may apply. Always read and follow label directions. Good morning, Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Coonan in studio. We'll have updates from Whitney Pittman and Sierra Doctor as well. Dangerous winter weather conditions continuing this morning with the very strong winds and cold temps. Wind chill values are in the 30 to 55 degree below zero range. That seems to be the norm for the region. Ground blizzard conditions will be seen through tomorrow morning. The National Weather Service has a potential for blowing and drifting will continue really through the day tomorrow. A clipper system on Christmas Day could could deliver additional snowfall and more wind. Oklahoma State University small grains specialist Amanda Silva says despite recent moisture in the southern plains, the wheat crop is generally smaller. So people are really excited uh, about all this rain. Uh, Unfortunately, the panhandle has not seen as much as... We would like, but any rain we can get, we'll, we really appreciate it. So the, the wheat is small uh, around the state. A lot of fields were planted later. Of course, no forage uh, this year. And that's actually what uh, drives one of our studies looking at the impact of late planting on, on wheat production. Temperature swings in Oklahoma could be a problem. It could be a problem, especially for the wheat that are not so well developed. But we have seen the wheat also do really well in those in those situations. So it's something that we'll be watching. Uh, we wish uh, that the wheat was more developed to face those single digits uh, temperature. The House will vote on the omnibus appropriations bill today. The Senate approved the $1.7 trillion year-end spending bill late yesterday. This bill includes $3.7 billion to help farmers who suffered from drought, winter storms, and other natural disasters. Up to $494 billion is uh, set aside, a uh, million that is, is set aside for livestock producers. The omnibus bill also includes $25.5 billion in discretionary funds for USDA, FDA, and related agencies, and $10 billion for EPA. There's also language to establish standards for agricultural carbon programs. As the lame duck session approaches the finish line, Senate confirmed Doug McCallop as the chief agricultural trade negotiator 
for the U.S. Trade Representative's office. McCallop was nominated in July, but a hold was put on the confirmation. McCallop was the senior advisor for agriculture and rural affairs with the Biden administration's Domestic Policy Council. McCallop's previous experience was at USDA. Corn Belt Marketing market analyst Sam Hudson expects the grain markets to remain choppy and sideways. Outside energy markets have been kind of choppy. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, just like the grains, they were a little bit firmer here earlier on and have since turned a little bit lower. But uh, same thing, not a lot of noise either way. you got the dollar trading a little bit higher today and equities lower. So uh, I think the next thing we look at is just to see if there's any you know, firm confidence on uh, you know, short-term weather direction in South America, and then we're going to start getting ready for the January crop report. And I think that could uh, you know, start to spike volatility in these options here over the next couple weeks. Hudson says traders will need a reason to come back to the market. In the next two Mondays, no trade. So uh, f- fewer days in there. I think you could finally get a little bit more movement. People are going to be coming back to work. Uh, and like I said, looking toward that uh, you know, USDA crop report. So I-, I do think options will start to you know, poke up a little bit again here as, as players start to come back into the market. When the December corn options went off and uh, open interest in general fell pretty hard, hasn't come back uh, you know, screaming in a big way, but we got to give the trade a reason, uh, and those reasons are coming here probably in the first quarter. We just don't really know when or, or what exactly they'll be. Ukrainian corn production is expected to total 22 to 23 million tons this year. That's down from 42 million tons in 2021. Ukraine's agriculture minister says the acreage has been impacted by the war. Large portion of the corn crop is still standing, which will likely limit the amount of corn that can be planted in the spring. The agriculture ministry said sunflowers may be a replacement crop for Ukrainian farmers in 2023. Mexico's agriculture minister claims an agreement is already in place with the United States to delay the ban on biotech corn imports until 2025. Meanwhile, the Biden administration is only saying several potential solutions are being studied. Mexico's president had called for that ban originally to be implemented in 2024. From the second to the third quarter of this year, the transportation costs for shipping wheat from North Dakota to Japan through the Pacific Northwest declined 5%. Third quarter landed uh, costs for shipping wheat was $471 per metric ton from North Dakota. Year-to-year, P&W landed costs from North Dakota rose more than 70%. This is the Red River Farm Network. Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Soybean oil, certainly a major part of the biofuels market. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has more on how that impacts consumers. With soybean oil making waves in the biofuels market, competition for soy oil in the food market is ramping up. A new study between the United Soybean Board and Purdue University showed the change in soy prices on retail food since the biofuels movement. United Soybean Board Vice President of Market Intelligence Mac Marshall says taking out external factors, there was a slight change to the consumer price index. The impact to the uh, consumer price index for food and total food at home is, uh, is, is basically a wash. So even as you see some products, yes, have higher prices that are using more oil, the ones that are using meal, which um, have greater weight within the CPI and have greater weight. Uh, in terms of what um, you know, people actually consume, that, that actually comes down, and the net effect is, is relatively minimal. So it's all about right-sizing and understanding you know, what those commodity price-level impacts have on uh, uh, consumer-level prices. Marshall says there's actually lower soy meal prices in feedstock, which in turn has helped lower meat prices in stores. So the increased soy oil and products evens out in the meat sector. 
even if you take a 20% increase in soybean oil use in the biofuel sector in the United States, yes, that does translate into, you know, an eight plus percent increase in soybean oil prices. And that, of course, ripples through. And But if you think about the whole basket of products, animal protein is really critical. And as as you have oil prices come up, that also means that meal prices come down. And we've actually seen a divergence in the behavior of meal and oil prices at a couple notable points over the last couple of years. And in all else equal, you actually have this reduction in prices for meats at the retail level. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Federal appeals court ruled the EPA failed to consider the environmental impacts of sulfoxiflor when it approved the long-term use of the insecticide. Case was remanded back to EPA for review. The Pollinator Stewardship Council, American Beekeeping Federation, and others filed that lawsuit. The North Dakota Beef Council Executive Director will be retiring here at the end of the year. Red River Farm Network Farm Broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. Nancy Jo Bateman will retire from her position as Executive Director of the North Dakota Beef Commission, effective December 30th. In over 30 years with the organization, Bateman says consumer education has been a highlight. Over my career, I think the one thing that I've really, really enjoyed is actually teaching consumers about beef, whether that's food demo type programs, doing things on TV, you know, where you can spread that message farther, faster, um, working with dietitians, nutrition professionals because of the research, because of the work that's been done. Now we work hand-in-hand with the Heart Association, the Dietetics Association, the nutrition councils around the country, you know, all of these, and they feel good about our product. Bateman says the creation of the beef checkoff, both nationally and in the state of North Dakota, drastically changed the industry in her time at the NDBC. That program just, just lit a fire under the beef industry. We had funding to do research that was desperately needed so that we had the science in hand to back our product when we made a claim about how nutritious it was, how safe it was. Um, We had the nutritional information to take to children in schools so that they felt good about eating beef. Uh, All of those things happened, and that program just has grown and grown and grown and grown. Um, And I think our, our... biggest claim to fame has been the notoriety of beef it's what's for dinner reporting for the red river farm network i'm whitney pittman early season red potato shipments are running seven percent behind last year's pace north american potato market news says inventories are flat in the red river valley while wisconsin has more reds from this time a year ago Overall russet potato supplies are tight. Yellows are, are running a fraction of a percent ahead of last year. Inventories are tight, but Minnesota may be one of the few regions with more yellow potatoes in stock. With a tight supply ta- of table potatoes, the frozen processing sector may not be able to secure enough potatoes to meet the demand. The Dehigh business is also facing supply limitations and aggressively purchasing spuds on the open market. Chip stock supplies, though, are adequate. This is the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Trading on the Red River, uh, Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. RML Trading President Bob Liebachin says the grains continue to slide sideways to lower with a thin holiday trade. Basis levels in the spring wheat is very good, in some areas even plus over the futures. 
And the soybeans, um, there again, there's supposed to be some talk in the uh, southern part of Brazil into Argentina, better chance of some rain. Uh, exports uh, this week were deemed kind of uh, so-so, little disappointing on, on all three of the grains. Traders will be watching weather and the news headlines over the holiday weekend. Some talk of our exports being ex- extremely slow but then uh, maybe 30, 40% of the Ukraine corn crop is still in the field, which is kind of hard to believe. Anyway, so that uh, could uh, impact uh, world carry out, uh, you know, later. So that has been talked about a little bit. And then, of course, we got uh, no markets on Monday and nothing uh, as far as the grains are concerned until uh, Tuesday morning at 8.30. So we got a long three-day weekend coming up here for Christmas. USDA's weekly export sales report for the week ending December 15th showed net beef export sales at 12,000 metric tons, 15% less than the previous week, 22% less than the four-week average. Net pork sales are huge, 75,000 metric tons, well above the previous week and and also the four-week average. Secretary of State Antony Blinken spoke with Turkey's foreign minister by phone yesterday. During that visit, Blinken thanked Turkey for its work on the Black Sea Grain Initiative. Turkey and the United Nations put together the humanitarian grain shipping corridor to facilitate exports out of Ukraine and Russia. Got some higher prices here as we head into the holiday here. Again, Minneapolis wheat, two and a half better for March, 924 and three quarters. The Chicago wheat for March, seven higher. And the hard red winter wheat for March, a gain of six and a half. March corn, four and a half cents higher, 665. July, 657 and a half, three and a quarter higher. January soybeans, 1473 and a half. That's five and three quarter cents higher. The March contract, a six cent gain, 1478. Uh, Again, some higher prices as we look to the screen here on this Friday before Christmas. Checking the farm calendar, the North Dakota uh, Department of Agriculture reporting on the Ag Commissioner's Noxious Weed Forum. It's coming up Tuesday, January 3rd. That'll be held in Bismarck. The Lake Region Extension Roundup is on the schedule January 4th and 5th. Devil's Lake, of course, hosting that show every year. The Minnesota Organic Conference, hosted by the Minnesota Department of Agriculture, taking place January 5th and 6th. They'll be in St. Cloud for that event. And the American Farm Bureau Federation has its annual convention coming up January 6th through the 11th. They'll be in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Have a great day, a great holiday weekend. Merry Christmas from the Red River Farm Network. (laughs) 